Hey guys, this is Brad. Just wanted to take a minute to thank you, the listener, for listening and proving you have a growth mindset. Our mission is to curate information from the top influencers around the world. We provide you with real, actionable steps on how to improve in any and every area of your life. Whether you're an entrepreneur, C-suite executive, or just starting your journey of self-development, professional development is all about growth. And you know, if you're not growing, you're dying. If you enjoy this content, please help us by liking, sharing, and subscribing. Here we go. That's discipline. So today we're going to be running through, uh, we've got segments, we've got just the tip, and then when we get into discipline, we'll talk about what discipline means to us, our own personal definitions, uh, what a couple of influencers are saying about them and our takes on that. We'll get into where most people go wrong with discipline and then our own stories that we have centered around it. So uh, before we get into the main topic, we're going to go with just the tip. For today's Just the Tip, and I think it kind of goes right along with discipline and priorities, and uh, that's going to come from Andy Frisella, and it's his Powerless. So if you want to learn more about the Powerless, you can listen to uh, Andy's old podcast, which is the MFCEO. If you want to find the actual Powerless, you can go on www.andyfrisella.com and actually purchase a Powerless journal. The idea of the Powerless is super, super simple. You write five things down that you're going to accomplish your day, uh, in your day, that are just going to get you a win. So if you had to break your day down and you had to break it down to the five most important things that you could do in order to get a win, you write it down. You cross it off once you finish it. And then at the end of the day, you either circle a W or an L. If you completed all five, you, uh, you got the win. If you didn't, you got the L. And it's not to, to say that if you lose one, you have to start over. It's nothing like the 75 hard necessarily. But the big takeaway here is even if you don't win every single day of the week, uh, if you win five out of seven days, you win the week. If you win three weeks out of the month, you win the month. If you win majority of the weeks, uh, months out of the year, you win the year, so on and so forth. Super simple concept. Uh, visit his website, go check it out, and you can buy the power list on andyforsella.com. All right, let's get into the show. Guys, discipline. First off, let's uh, let's see if we can hit it off with any quotes that we have. So I got a good one. I like it. It's from Nikola Tesla. I could only achieve success in my life through self-discipline, and I applied it until my wish and my will became one. So basically like dream it, act upon it, get it type deal. So I thought it was pretty solid. Love it. like that a lot. I got mine is from FM Alexander. Uh, and the quote is, people do not decide their futures, they decide their habits, and their habits decide their futures. Uh, I think with discipline, there's so much to do with the habits that you build. And I actually had to look up who FM Alexander was. I was going to ask. I was going to say, that's a, so, that's, a, that's a guarantee. Like, as you said his name so, like, hesitantly, that's like a guaranteed, okay, I got that right off Google. <laughs> well, I, just, I knew this quote, so I actually looked up the quote, and I was like, I can't remember who the quote is by, but yep. I love that quote. And so F.M. Alexander is Frederick Matthias Alexander, who, who was born in 1869. He was an Australian actor and author who developed the Alexander Technique, which is an educational process said to recognize and overcome reactive, habitual limitations in movement and thinking. Nice. So he is there. an he is an early adopter of making sure that you build some fucking good habits. That's good. That's really good. So mine is from an in, for sure an influencer, but not in the traditional professional development sense. Uh, it's actually from Will Smith, and it's you cannot win the war against the world if you can't win the war against your own mind. Um, I love that. To me, it just says that you can you can only control what you do, right? 
You can't control any specific outcomes or circumstance in life. So if you want to have a chance at influencing any outcome or goal that you want, you first have to start by mastering yourself and controlling yourself, which comes through discipline. I was wondering, is that from a movie, you think? No, it's from an interview that he did. It's amazing how many good Will Smith quotes there are, though, about a, business. It's ridiculous. So Will Smith, like, is right. Like, he's is all actually all about professional development and mindset and, like, big reader, hard worker. Like, he's actually one of my favorite people on the face of the earth. He, he, he was gone wrong by his wife, too, right? She cheated on him. Oh, and, yeah. And still, like, kept digging. Yeah, yeah. They, they called it something. Uh, but I guess they were, like, I don't know if you want to, like, just to throw it back to like the friends, they were on a break. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it was a thing. So we were yeah. on a break. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know that, but it was like it, apparently I think she like admitted it like on a show that yeah, they like were an doing. interview or something. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So weird. He yeah he actually was a big. So if you've ever read Jim Quick's book Limitless, he's actually one of like the big like the quotes that Jim Quick is like Jim Quick says, hey, Will Smith like advocates for this book and he's a huge believer in everything there. That's a great book to check out. Yeah. Perfect. I've got a I've got a good amount of Will Smith today, so it should be good. Um now let's get into our own definitions or just like what does discipline mean to you? And I'll actually go first here just because I found something really interesting. I think everybody when they, you know, when we're doing research on the topic, you go to like Google and you you know, dig up the definition. So in this case, it says the practice of training people to obey rules or a code of behavior behavior using punishment to correct disobedience. And I went down like multiple definitions and that's what it was. And that like, and it's just kind of fucked up to me because everybody has this negative connotation of what discipline is. Because when we're in school, it's like, you know, don't step out of line or you're going to get disciplined. You're going to get punished. Don't, you know, don't get bad grades, right? Don't whatever. And discipline from an early age is a bad thing. Um, But in my opinion, you know, discipline is the foundation of just about any accomplishment that we have. Discipline is the unsung hero, right? It's a real MVP. Without discipline, the goal couldn't have been achieved. And I kind of relate it to that um, super cliche meme that you see in professional development when they show the iceberg. Yeah. And like just the tip is showing over, right? Which always is the like, tip. Which is like nice always the tip. Reference. That should have been just the tip. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Uh, so the tip, <laughs> the tip of the iceberg is like the accomplishments that everybody sees and it's above water, right? And it says what people see. Uh, and then, then you come to realize that that's only about 1% of it. And 99% of that iceberg that was formed is below water. And so to me, the 99% below water are those those are the daily, incredibly unsexy actions that you've done over and over and over again to build up to what you've got. Yeah, I actually had the exact same definition wrote down. And to me, I thought the same thing as you. Like, I was blown away. Like, it really is like, it's pretty harsh when you see the definition of discipline. And I was I was a little blown, blown back by it. But then when you do take that step back and you look at it and you think of discipline as the kids that you grew up with that, were never disciplined or told that they fucked up or did something wrong. Where are they at right now? Yeah, they're they're on the struggle bus, hardcore. And the people who you know, I I do think it's a there's two sides of the story. There's people who were over disciplined that then come back and end up you know retaliating or trying to get that crazy wild side out of them. Which you went to private school, right? Yeah, a lot of private school kids seem to be like that. I feel like yeah, there are for sure. You know, like and that maybe that's just a you know a stereotype. I don't know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but absolutely. it does seem like there's some kids like that grew up in that super conservative role that end up like going the complete opposite way. So I feel like it's uh, discipline is 
it's you have to form it the right way. Too much of it's a bad thing and not enough is obviously not a good thing either. For sure. For me, uh, on discipline, I actually didn't even think about that because I did not Google it. I just thought of like the way that I see it because I think of discipline now in in my business. It's like doing the same things over and over again to try and be successful. And then I also think of it and now with like the lifestyle changes that I've made and being disciplined in my like exercise habits, my diet and all that other stuff. So the way that I see it is, I mean, the the quote that I pulled is really the way that I think about discipline a lot. I pulled that a couple years ago before I even got into better habits. But to me, it's just, it's habits. Discipline is building good habits that is going to set yourself up for whatever. It's going to dictate your future on what you do on a daily basis. Yep, totally agree. So do you guys have any, uh, I'm sure you do, what takes do you have from influencers around the world on what they think discipline is? I'll go first on this. So I have, and I know I brought a lot of his stuff here recently, and he's going to be a guest here on the pod in a couple weeks. Uh, But Case Kenny has a whole, uh, he was actually a guest. This is where I got it. He was a guest on Self-Improvement Daily with Brian Ford. It's actually a pretty small podcast, um, and they don't have many followers on Instagram, but Case was actually a, a guest on there, and he he had something that I thought was really unique. He has this 30-second rule. So with that 30-second rule, he thinks of something that he should be doing, whether it's an email that he's going to send, a phone call that he should make, or, hey, there's a cute girl over there at the bar, like, I should go talk to him. And his 30-second rule is that he thinks about that and then has to act on that and do that action within 30 seconds. And that to go with the theme of my stuff today, which is building good habits, is only going to make you do the things that you would usually hesitate to do and push off for however however long people would usually push that off for. And his quote on that was that experiences will give you the perspective to make you realize different things about yourself. What you're capable of doing if you just take action and build habits that way versus just sitting back and waiting for life to happen around you. Exactly. And I actually... I have two things. Um, one plays right to Bobby's, which is the 60-second rule. It's weird. That's about the same <laughs> thing. But it's if you go and you, you're in a situation where, okay, there's your laundry is not in your hamper. If it takes you less than 60 seconds, you should do it. If, it. if you have to pay a bill, if it takes you less than 60 seconds, do it. So basically, anything that takes under 60 seconds, take the time to just do it now versus waiting for it to pile up. And the other one that I have, which I find interesting just because we actually don't talk about this guy as much as I'm we should probably is Jocko. I listened to their very first Jocko podcast today, which was on discipline. And it was so, it was like our first episodes. It was so messed up. People were talking over each other, didn't know what was going on. But they asked them, why do you get up at four in the morning? You know, because what's the difference if you get your six or your seven hours of sleep, what's the difference? And he goes, well, to me, if I'm up at 11 and I get up at four, or if I go to bed at eight, it doesn't matter to me. It's hard to wake up at four o'clock in the morning. So if you wake up at four o'clock in the morning, you start the day off disciplined. You don't, nobody wants to wake up at four o'clock in the morning, but when you do, you've already accomplished that first disciplined key for him. And yeah. I mean, obviously he and Goggins are you know, on, kind of on a different level with that sort of stuff, but. Yes. Uh, and it's actually funny. I avoided, and we only have three people here today, but I kind of avoided looking up Jocko stuff just because I thought like, He's the ultimate discipline guy. Yeah. I figured we were going to have yes, and I did listen to he uh, special guest hosted a Tim Ferriss show, and he talked about that, and he also talked about why he gets his workouts in in the morning, 
and he's like, um, he's like, you want to start your day off again with something hard. And and there is the um, he kind of debunks a little bit the that I think it's willpower is finite, which it is to a sense, but he builds the muscle of willpower over time. And then he says, start with something essentially hard and productive, right? And so it's like, if you start your day like that, go to the gym and then go into work, it's like, you're not going to want to eat that donut, right? No. Like you're, if yeah. you're sitting there and there's a donut tray and it's like, if you started your day off on the right foot, as far as fitness and nutrition or whatever it is you're working on goes, you're not going to want to eat that donut. You're a lot less likely as opposed to you just roll out of bed. You're kind of tired. You're kind of groggy. And then you have that option, Right. He's pretty good. And then uh, another Will Smith thing, which was an interesting take on self-discipline, was he says self-discipline is self-love, right? So relating it back to what I was just saying about Jocko, it's saying to yourself like, okay, I know that donut looks really good, but man, I can't let you eat that. Like, I love you too much. Uh, and I know that eating that donut is not in alignment with your long-term goals and with your best interests. So it's essentially prolong the short-term gratification for long-term fulfillment is what disciplines are. It's saying no to the bullshit and then saying yes to the little incremental things that are going to help you hit your goal. Love it. I love it. Getting jiggy with it today. It's a, and then, a lot of Will Smith. Yeah. Um, also, what's that? Two, two of us. Just the three, <laughs> three of us. us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Um, and then I guess just the, like the last thing I had on Will Smith was the the more you make those quote unquote loving decisions for yourself, the stronger that muscles be, becomes, and then the more confidence you have, and then the smoke the snowball just kind of continues to get bigger and bigger. I love that. I think a lot of people confuse self love with like oh like it's okay to snuggle up on the couch and do nothing yeah. on a weekday and watch twelve hours of Breaking Bad. I don't know why I chose Breaking Bad as my reference there but best the, oh, movie or best tv show ever it's so good yeah. um so that sounds like a great thing to do but i think a lot of people confuse self-love with uh doing things like that versus actually doing things that are actually going to push you forward yeah i yeah. agree i think self-love is kind of like that cliche like it's okay like we've got you the crabs in the bucket yeah, andy for exactly. thing yeah like yeah Come back down here, like where nothing is, you're not happy and anxiety and depression exist. <laughs> and right. I guess, why do you guys feel that discipline is important? I have a couple things wrote down for it myself. Um, and they seem so basic, but it's first, it makes hard times easier. So if, you, if you're disciplined and you do hit a situation where you hit a rough patch, you've already got that locked in that you know what you're going to do because you've done it for the last six months, year five years, 10 years, whatever it may be. And then it builds patience, I think. So, um, and obviously in business, having patience is is key. It's something that I've struggled with a lot, especially when I was racing. Um, and then getting into the business world, I, I really transformed a lot from that to where I am now, but I'm still working on patience for sure. Yeah, and we all, I think we all are in a, in a to a certain degree, um, especially when you're trying to be a high achiever and you're looking up to these people and you're not there, I think we all can demonstrate. I know I can demonstrate a, a lack of patience for sure. Um, I think going piggybacking off what you said, Brad, I actually had this written down, which it allows you to be in control in times of chaos, right? Yeah. So again, it almost goes back to what I was saying earlier on that quote, but you can only control so many things and that's your actions, right? So when, t when shit's hitting the fan, when everything's going wrong and there's too much to fucking do for you to handle— you can control 
those little daily actions that you know are going to be in alignment with what your long-term goals are and what's going to ultimately fulfill you. Right. I, I, I love that. And Brad, that makes me think of just something that like I went through somewhat recently, obviously with, um, not drinking for, it's been eight months now. Um, eight go. months today, Power. actually. Fuck yeah. Uh, no booze. And uh, I went through just some shit over the last like couple weeks. And I thought about what I would usually have done in that situation. And I would have been getting wasted and getting high. And that would have been 100% what I turned to. And this is relevant only for like our listeners here. Think about like what your advice is. And what do you turn to when things get tough? Do you go run to that pint of Ben and Jerry's? Do you drink? Do you smoke? Like, do you get angry at people? Whatever that might be. Sour Patch Kids. <laughs> Sour Patch Kids. Um, whatever that might be. Like, I, I just would encourage people to think about what their advice is and what they turn to quickly when things get bad and then figure out, all right, is that that important to me or is it actually, is that is that self-love in Will Smith's yeah. and Matt Cresco's definition or are you just are you just delaying the inevitable and increasing your likeliness of being angst out and depressed? So do you guys, do you guys think that uh, discipline is a skill or it's kind of an innate ability? I, I think it's learned. Yeah, I agree. I think it's 100% learned. And what I find super interesting is, I guess it's pretty obvious though, is the people who seem to have the most discipline are people who have been in the military. And I think it's because they are in literal life and death situations where if you go to work, what you think is a tough situation isn't going to end up resulting in you dying. And these guys, they're overseas getting shot at. They have to make decisions that are going to either, you know, kill their whole squad or, you know, wipe the other guys. So when they come back into a civilian world, they've already had, they've got discipline that we'll never even know about. And so that's what I think is they've, they've learned that over time. If you enlist and you're a private, by the time you leave, you're not the same person guaranteed. No, no. And it, it comes down to their basic training, yeah. right? It's every single day practicing those habits over and over again that's going to keep them alive overseas. Yeah, I think that with something like this, I, I can say for certain that I was not disciplined. I was disciplined in areas of my life that were not good for me uh, for a very long time. And now I, I feel like any anyone who ever says that they feel like they cannot do something or, oh, I could never do that. I could never drop those pounds. I could never stop smoking. I could never stop drinking. I could never stop this or that or do this or that. Uh, they just haven't figured out what that one thing is that they need to do yeah. every day to make that happen. Yeah, and that we've got a lot of good tips on um, you know, here on, on on influencers and what they think discipline is and their takes. Where do you think a lot of people go wrong on discipline? Uh, I think it goes right back to what you just asked. And I think that people who don't have discipline say, well, I just don't have it. Like, I wasn't born with discipline. Like, I wish I could have been like this guy. Well, no, you can be whoever you want to be. It's just creating that habit over time, every single week or month or year. And I just feel like it's a cop-out answer that people are like, oh, I just can't be disciplined. Yeah. And did you guys ever listen to the Andy Frisella take on discipline? The macro, micro one? Yeah. yeah I so, that one so what you were saying is what Andy says, and it's, it's the, everybody for the most part sees the macro disciplines and it's when people are demonstrating when you're performing, right? And he calls it a state of uh, being or a flow. And it's essentially like, you know, it's a salesperson where they're, you know, killing it, right? And if, if there's a chance that they're going to close a prospect, they're doing it. It's an athlete, that you know is going to get a hit in crunch time, right? 
And those are the macro disciplines. The micro disciplines are the salesman, it's the daily prospecting, the prep before the call, the 10,000 times he's done that call to get to his proficiency level. And for the athlete, it's batting practice, it's stretching, it's watching the film. So again, it goes to say that that 100% can be a learned thing. Yeah. yeah, I think so too. The thing that I had written down for that is that people seem to focus, want to focus on a lot of different things. Um, and they think, oh, I have to, instead, they let so much stuff pile up that they're like, oh, these are the things that I want to change. And I have a one of my best friends, he wrote down a list of all these things that he wanted to change about himself. And I literally did this exercise with him. I said, write down all the stuff that you want to change. Now figure out which one of those is most important to you right now at this very moment in time. He picked that one, and that's the one that he's been working on ever since. So if people can figure out, all right, here's the one thing I need to focus on to get better. Don't feel like you need to do a thousand different things at once. Focus on one thing, get better at that, then move on to the next one. I love that. I really do. I think that's, and I didn't even write that down, but that's something that I was thinking about because we all getting into these moments of, okay, what can I change? And it's easy to pick apart the the things that we need to change in our lives to improve, especially when we have role models that are so high up there. And the most, the easiest way to get discouraged is to try to knock out every single thing at once, right? Or to try to go from zero to 90 miles an hour overnight. It's just setting yourself up for success. Or sorry, setting yourself up for failure, the opposite of success. My common mis misconception, and I don't know if people think this, but I, I, I believe I've thought it from time to time, is when you think about discipline, when you think about the daily actions that you have to do before the goal, or if you're just looking at the goal instead of the daily actions, it's that discipline means 100% on all the time. Yeah. And it, I, I, I've been there where I've like looked at a goal and I'm like, okay, well, in order to hit this goal, I'm really good at reverse engineering what it would take, uh, like if it's an annual goal, what it would take from a daily practice in order to get to that goal. And sometimes I look at it and that's like, that is so fucking much, right? Like, And I think that I have to hit on target every fucking time. Uh, but in reality, it's not it right? Like you're, you're learning, uh, you're going to have your off days. Like if it's going to the gym, you're going to have the days where you miss the gym, but you wait a day or two or however long it takes you and you get back in and you continually build up until you get to that point where it is a discipline and it becomes a habit. It, it all goes back to the one thing, right? That's Figuring it. out that you take your, because they call it what, your bag, your big ass goal in the one thing book with Gary Keller and just reverse, like you said, you reverse engineer that and ask yourself that same question. We even, I think we talked about this on the Focus podcast just two episodes ago, but what's the one thing that you can do every day such that by doing it will make that activity easier or unnecessary and trying to whittle that all the way down to, I need to make my fucking bed in the morning. Yep. I need to go yep. for a walk in the morning. I need to make this many sales calls and then everything else will fall into place. And I think a lot of that goes to, you can create your list like you're saying or go for a walk, make bed, my, my, make my bed. So what are your like non-negotiables that you're going to have during the day to, to be the person you want to be? Because it's not always business related. It could be for you with your sobriety. It could be, you know, don't walk through the liquor section at the grocery store. That's my non-negotiable. Or, or, you know, Matt's trying to, be even skinnier. Like, you know, don't go down the candy aisle. <laughs> first so off, it's like, first off, first off, I'm not skinny. Okay. Matt is skinny and he's fab. No. <laughs> I'm not, Brad, come on, man. You got, you got a body for TV, not radio. Oh, wait. I don't even know how to take that. I'm not skinny, right? Like, eh, pretty skinny, dude. I, dude, like, 
I mean, shredded, maybe. Right? <laughs> I mean, like, what's, what's... yoked. Matt's got a great vibe. <laughs> yoked, yeah. yoked. We're getting there. But skinny? No, that's Brad, all. That, the, all the lady listeners can sign a, up for his OnlyFans. That's an insult. <laughs> yep, three ninety nine a month, baby. <laughs> <laughs> that's a deal. That's a, I like the idea of the reverse OnlyFans that you sent us on the uh, yeah on Instagram. The other oh day. yeah, what was it? It's like. Um, I'm gonna start charging. I'm gonna start sending people pictures of my dick, and then they have to pay 19.99 in order to not <laughs> get the picture of my dick. <laughs> yeah, I got that meme off Instagram. That was pretty funny. Not a bad business plan, though. No, I no. mean, shoot. Yeah, someone it would depends pay on that. who you send it to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, story. Let's uh, let's get into some personal. Because actually, I got some feedback from a good buddy of mine who like within the past two weeks, three weeks, listened to every single episode. And one of the things on feedback was he'd like to hear more stories, personal stories about our experience with each of, the, with each of these uh, headlines. So do you have any stories on discipline specifically that stand out to you guys? So and I, I know I threw this out like midday. Yeah, I actually thought about this a lot even before you texted us and I, I couldn't think of anything. I was sitting there, I'm like, yeah. Because I, I I don't think I'm very disciplined right now at work. I think I'm working on it. I think I'm doing a good job, but I'm not I'm not super disciplined. And then I started to think about before my business when I was racing, and it it, it clicked. It was like we we had a maintenance program that we did on our cars that we we like had zero failures ever. Which meant before the race, you know, we'd race on Friday or Saturday, and then we'd have to prepare the car in a parking lot for the next day. And we would we'd have a checklist of everything that we needed to do and. V- I mean, I could probably count on one hand how many times we had a part failure from something we did not touch. So that was, it was something my dad and, you know, my crew kind of instilled as a as a culture that we needed to do. And it, it paid dividends in the end because you don't win races if you're broke down. Yeah, so it's funny that you say that. I, after I asked that question, I had a hard time thinking about it to myself. But hearing you say that, here's the thing. It's like you now are probably way more disciplined than you were back then. Probably. It's different. I don't have like a measuring stick at the moment. Right. I I feel like. You You don't have a measuring stick, but you've grown into it, right? To where it's like, if back then the you looked at yourself, you'd be like, holy shit, how did I accomplish all this stuff? And your disciplines are just improving. And in our case, as you know, it's just in sales or as a business owner, it's just leveling up what your disciplines are in bigger money items, right? Exactly, yeah. So I did, I like, so that being said, I had to think of one and it was back in my first job. It was an inside sales role. I never had an office job before, never had a, a phone job. And it was a small company, probably about 15 employees. So no real training besides essentially people making fun of you when you sounded like shit on the phone. <laughs> like literally people would belittle you in front of everybody be like, you sound like a fucking idiot. And they'd mock you. And so that was, that was based, basically. Camaraderie. Your mom some, write that script, Cresco. Ex- exactly. Exactly. Whenever somebody would get a sale, somebody would walk up behind, like when you were a new guy, you'd mark it on the board and someone would like come behind your chair and just start humping your chair and shaking your, oh dude. It was I did the not most, work there, dude. What's that? I did not work there. I know you didn't work there. I'm surprised. Oh, <laughs> because that would have been you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now is that while they're closing the deal? Like they're you're just getting your chair humped. So yeah, you got to walk across everybody to get to the whiteboard, and so everybody could show off their sales or just again look like an idiot if you're not meeting your goal. And yeah, and mostly it was like the the upper level guys or like one of the guys' dads like owned the company and he would do it. So one thing they did teach me was to kind of track right. And so at one point, I realized that my cold call percentage was a lot higher uh, when I called past 5 p.m. 
because majority of the people I were reaching out to were sole proprietors and they were like home inspectors. So they were working all day. And so I made a commitment and, and this was like, I was not rolling at all. Like I, I was struggling to get a sale. I sounded fucking horrible on the phone. And so I made a commitment to stay every night from five to seven. So every night when people would be like clocking out because it was five o'clock or whatever, uh, I would be heading to the gas station to pick up a couple snacks and just get a big ass coffee. And then I do my five to seven, my five to seven calls. So every night I'd work the normal hours plus the five to seven. And then after like three to four months of consistently doing this, I landed the biggest client in history because they provided us leads. So I landed so many leads that I could barely like handle myself. So by the six month mark, I was the top salesman in the company. And the actually the guy who I was always number one and two with was, I mean, and I'll say this to this day, like was a mentor to me and it's like still to this day, probably a way better salesman than I ever was. But I was able to generate so many leads that I didn't have my closing percentage didn't have to be high and eventually got to the point where in my first job out of school, I got to hire an assistant with, for the company who would basically just call people and set appointments for me to close down leads. And so that was something, again, I had to really look back. It's but hard. Like, but that was actually something and I did it out of um, basically, I don't want to say necessarily desperation, but I did it out of just embarrassment, right? Because it was like older people uh, are like old, like more developed in their career for the most part. And it was my first job. I just felt like I didn't even know if I was cut out for that world. I was like, do I need to fucking go back to bartending? And so um, it, I just made a decision. I was like, all right, I'm going to do this fucking every night until that I was the, the number one salesman in the company. Fuck yeah. That's awesome, man. Yep. And then people called it luck, of course. People always. Were, people were always just, luck. Until, you know, that I landed that big client, until I landed another big client and another big client. But again, it's that stuff that it's like nobody saw, you know, I think the the manager, one of the managers um, ended up seeing it, but nobody else saw that I was there from five to seven every night because I was like walking out basically the same time yeah. as everybody else and coming back. It's the work behind the scenes, man. It's the same thing you think about all these star athletes that are putting in the hours and then they come up with a big hit. They're lucky. They make the clutch shot like, oh, right spot, right time. And really... Like they've made that shot thousands, thousands, yeah. and thousands of times. There's yep. a reason Tom Brady keeps winning the Super Bowl. One hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And then the last question I have here is: if you could go back ten years and teach yourself one thing about discipline, what would it be? I can talk on it yeah, a little bit. Um, so, for if I could go back ten years and teach myself something about discipline, mm-hmm. what would it be? Um, man, for me, I. I I've built so many shitty habits over the years up until the last eight months. And I've built better habits over the last eight months. Um, Some still that aren't like refined and and the way that I want them to be, but they've been positive habits that are actually moving my life forward in the direction that I want to actually, where I want to actually get. So I think if I had to teach myself one thing or tell myself one thing, it would be to like really try and figure out where I want to be in like 10 years from that point. Do I want to be married? Do I want to have kids? How much money do I want to make? Figure out what those big goals are and then figure out what those habits are that I'd have to do on a daily basis to help get me there. Knowing that if I don't do those, I'll end up where I was just a little bit over eight months ago, which was just completely fucking miserable. Yep. Yeah, that's good. Brad, you got something? Yeah, mine would probably be um, to do the hard thing first, just solely because I feel like a lot of times, you know, I'll make a list during the day and you just go out of what's easy 
And then you get to the hard part and your brain's already fried kind of. And um, like today was a hectic day for me. Like I very rarely am I, do I consider myself to ever be stressed? And I was like stressed today because I just have, I have so much work, which is an awesome thing, but there's just not enough time in the day. There's not enough people with hands on stuff to, to knock it out. So to me, um, I had to dig in deep this morning and just start knocking out the the hard things first so I could set up the guys for tomorrow because I'm headed out to do some like in-person meet and greets with some customers, which I never do. So it was it was out of necessity, but um, that would probably be what I tell myself is just do the hard thing first. Yeah, and uh, Brian Tracy calls that eat that frog. I still, I've read that book. I still to this day don't know what the fuck that means, but it's just essentially like you said, which is do the hardest thing first. <laughs> just eat the frog. Just eat the fucking frog, yeah. man. Doesn't seem like an easy thing to do. No. Yeah. So if I were to give myself uh, any advice on discipline 10 years back, and I really didn't answer this too, but I'd be 23, still in college, because I was on the six-year program. I did that too. Uh, with a, barely a bachelor's degree. So uh, I would probably say if there's one discipline that you could make, one discipline that you could just start and continue with, it would be to study successful people. That's a good one though. Because I like I think about it and it's like of all the things that I've done, you know, it wouldn't be necessarily anything about my business or recruiting or how to like get better at that. It's, it's, the more you study successful people, the more you want to become like successful people, the more law of attraction says that like you're going to um, attract more successful people. You know, I think just everything about studying successful people, whether it's silent mentors, whether it's law of averages, whether it's just in general, um, you know, figure, you know, finding out what other people do so you can use that stuff to do your own problem solving Study successful people is one discipline that I would inherit and uh, and start practicing today. And I actually, I totally agree with that because, I mean, you look back just a little over a year ago, we were meeting at your office downtown and I've never read a book on self-help or personal development. And here we are now, like I'm pretty deep in the whole deal. And I feel like I've learned, I've learned more in the last year than I did probably the previous 32, just yeah. solely from studying successful people, surrounding yourself with people who are, disciplined or who are leveling up um it does it, it it attracts more people into your group it's pretty it's pretty wild yeah i love it man i think it's super cool uh, i know like look just you saying that brad i know that this has forced me to level up in like ways that i didn't think i could do before whether it was like incorporating like finally here recently and just like it's like sometimes just that kick in the ass that you need to want to be fucking better like talking to you guys about all the success that you've had it's just like i want that same shit man and uh building towards that is really fun so to all our listeners man you guys can all fucking do it oh, it's yeah. just a it's just a choice that you have to make um get rid of the friends that are bringing you down and start talking with people that um have made some shit happen in their lives and ask some questions. Yep, love it. So before we close out, we're going to hit the OnlyFans inquiry. And this one, it looks like we've got uh, Judy. Yeah, so Judy hit us up today uh, via a text message from our hotline. Um, she said, how do you suggest an older person with years of experience in a specific field convince a prospective employer to hire them? So what do you guys think on that? Hmm. Good one, Judy, by the way. Thanks for, Great. Thanks, Judy. Thanks for reaching out. Great question. So my take on this is how does somebody that's a little bit older in their career, and I've seen this in the recruiting game where it's a little bit more difficult to get hire, hired the older you are um, when you have 
all these years of a certain type of experience and you're trying to get into a new field. So I'll, I, I've dealt with this before. I'll let you guys take this one first. How would you go about convincing a prospective employer to hire them? So I guess, um, obviously, you're going to have the golden answer for this. But I would, if I was an employer looking to hire somebody like this, I would look at them to think, is this person a good fit? Are they going to be good for the culture in my company? Not necessarily what are they capable of, but are they going to come in here? Are they going to cause waves by being stuck in a situation? Or are they going to adapt well? And if I feel like they can adapt well, that's how I would sell them to, I guess, the HR person. Yep. That's my answer. That's good. I like it. Culture is very important, especially in a small business. I've been realizing that a lot lately. Culture is like, I want to instill that in all my employees. And then from there, it just spreads out. And I have one kid working for me now who he he sold so much stuff this week just because he loves where he works. Yep. So it's been, he, he spreads that to everybody he knows who's also racing. And we've sold so many parts just because of that. Yep. That's badass, man. I, I agree completely on culture. That's That's the biggest thing for me in my organization is making sure that I mean, you want people to get along. You want people to hustle and all that. So I think that's a huge thing. Uh, advice to someone who is older and looking to find a job. I think you just, I think you just have to be yourself and like be honest with yourself. Like, what are you looking for in a career? Do you, whether it's you want to sell something or you want to, uh, you want to take on a marketing role, like whatever that might be. You have to be passionate about it. So I think if you're not passionate about it and you're and you're a little bit older and you're thinking like, all right, I got to find a job where I need to like make some money, whatever that might be. You have to just do something that you are going to love and make sure that that employer knows how just how much you love it. Yeah. And if you can convey that and you actually mean it, you're being honest, then I think that there will be those hire the people that are doing that hiring will be able to see that, recognize it, and realize you'll be a good fit for the culture and a good fit for whatever brand. And before you answer, Matt, to talk to Bobby's answer, um, do you think that the older generations had a job? And, you know, I feel like a lot of people that are older, like, work the same exact job for 30, 40 years, where it's not as not like that as much, I feel like now. People jump all around. Do you feel like people did that out of necessity and comfort? And they didn't really love what they did. And then when they reach that, you know, age of 45, 50, and they're like, you know what? I want to just go do what I love now. Is that is that what you see? I mean, I know that's kind of adding to Judy's question. No, that's a good question. In my personal opinion, I think people started doing it because companies started changing. Like, okay. like there was a point in time where it's it just became a thing where big, company, big companies would buy little companies and medium-sized companies. Even bigger companies would buy those big companies. And then when that happens, there's going to be some inefficient like inefficiencies in the processes and how people work and ep- efforts are going to be duplicated. And then all of a sudden you see people laying off left and right. And then you get into the point where there's no more pensions, right? Yep. There's no more incentive to stay your whole career at one place. And then and now, uh, because I don't think the companies are as loyal. I don't think employers are as loyal. And I, I think it's kind of rightfully so that they should be looking out for number one to an extent, but not to the point where you're jumping from one job to the next every six months to a year, because at some point, like you need a couple of years under your belt at a company to even like build up a little bit of a brag book. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think your guys' answer is great. Like, I think the only thing I would add on to that is because cultural fit is definitely something that's important. But if you're target, like, I don't know, target a handful of companies that you want to work for or maybe an industry that you want to work for because if you're just looking for something different, it's such a broad range of things that you can be looking and you're just, you're 
again, it's all these little buckets. You're putting like 5% into 20 different buckets or even less into more buckets, right? Um, target industries and jobs that you look for and then take a look at what you've done and then relate transferable skills. And you could relate transferable skills by looking at job descriptions, right? So if you look at the job description and it says, you know, it's a customer service representative and you've been in property management. Well, obviously you've been in property management, you're dealing with tenants, you're handling customer service. So you can say you've been doing customer service without saying it. And there's a bunch of different ways to go about it. But again, I would look at transferable skills in order to sell yourself on from what you have done and how it could relate to success and what you could be doing for them. I love it. Yep. Cool. Thanks, Judy. Yeah, thanks, Judy. What a fucking question. Judy sounds beautiful. Yeah. I'd go there. (laughs) 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 All right. We're going to end on that note. So... Uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. And just a heads up, we're rolling with guests. Like we just hit a spurt. I guess everybody's calendars have opened up a little bit. But in the in the next month and a half, we've got uh, hometown hero and one of our personal favorites. That's going to be Ben Newman. We've got in ex- studio too. Ben Newman's coming in studio, so we'll have that one up on YouTube for sure. We're going to have Case Kenny. Uh, then he is the uh, guy of New Mindset Who Dis podcast. Connor Beaton of Man Talks. And then one of my personal favorites, if you know anything about uh, podcasting at a super high level, you know who Jordan Harbinger is of the Jordan Harbinger show. So those are coming uh, within the next, like I said, month and a half, and then hopefully more to follow. So if you guys have any questions, feel free to hit us on our website, our email, or Instagram or Facebook. Hit us with any questions if you want to be in on the fans only inquiry. Otherwise, again, guys, We appreciate you listening and reaching out, and we'll see you next week. See ya. Later. Deuces.